Hello and welcome to Connecting to Host, where we're going to be discussing Jaunts, a, co uh, a combative, I'm completely reading my notes wrong, a, a more combative, who wrote this, a more combative, <laughs> less structured take on chess, with the speed of checkers that arms two players with 15 different tiles and a 5 by 9 board. Don't worry, we're going to explain it shortly, because that that's, sounds horribly complicated. Um <laughs> It's not actually available yet. It, it's coming uh, in the autumn. Um, currently unknown what platforms or what cost, or to be honest, even if it will actually launch. Uh, but it's currently <laughs> available on PC, Mac, and Linux as part of the April Humble Monthly Bundle. Um, so if you were a Humble Monthly subscriber in April, you probably already got it, and you can go and get a direct download for those platforms. Or maybe if you've got a friend who is a Humbly Monthly Bumble <laughs> subscriber. <laughs> the words, the words escape me today. Maybe maybe you've got a friend who takes maybe 25% of your Humble Monthly Bundle because you already have most of those games, and so you give them to him, maybe. But uh, if, if you're not, uh, then unfortunately you've missed out because one of the things with Humble Monthly is uh, you only get the next bundle along. So you, you, you've you lucked out. You'll just have to watch on YouTube or something. But anyway, uh, we're both playing on our gaming PCs, um, which are ridiculously overpowered for this puzzle game. Uh, but I also tried it out on my Mac, uh, which is dying, but still managed to play it. So that's that's all good. I uh, mean, so this game I'm, must run on anything, right? I'm, I'm sure it'll run on... On some really yeah. old hardware. So. I mean, well, you say that it, it's built with Electron, so, you know, True. if you've got less than eight <laughs> gigs of RAM, you're probably shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to attempt to give a overview of the game, um, but it's difficult because it's quite, not necessarily complicated, but just, it, it makes a lot of sense as soon as you see it and do the little tutorial, but more difficult to explain. Uh, so basically you've got a grid-based board, uh, five by nine, um, and you've got little tiles, uh, 15 for you and 15 for your opponent, um, which can be AI or an actual player. Um, one of these tiles each will be essentially a king. Uh, so they're the people you've got to protect. They can't do anything, they can't attack, they can just move around. Um, pretty much like chess, apart from in chess you can obviously attack. Um, the other tiles all look like the single side of a dice uh, with a value from 1 to 6, uh, depending on the game mode, or they can be blank tiles. Uh, the standard rules dictate that you can move anywhere on the board in a combination of up, down, left, right, um, as long as there is a clear path. Uh, and you can even sort of go around corners and things. So it's literally you can go pretty much anywhere on the board as long as you're not blocked in, uh, which makes for some interesting mechanics. Attacking of the pieces uh, is done as long as you have direct line of sight in a straight line. Uh, any piece can take the king, um, but other pieces need to be a higher value or equal to the piece you're taking. Um, so, for example, if you've got a three and you're attacking a two, uh, then the three would win because it's a higher number than two. Uh, if both are the same value, so a one versus a one, then both pieces disappear. Uh, the only caveat to this is that blank pieces can only take and only be taken by other blank pieces, which effectively makes them a kind of shield mechanic because you can't just take a, you know, like a high powered number three tile and destroy everything on the way to getting to the king um, because only blank pieces can get rid of those shields. So they tend to disappear in sort of later on in the game. Uh, you can keep taking pieces until you basically maneuver in such a way as to block the king in uh, and then you take him to win the game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, sounds convoluted, but it's, <laughs> it's not really. It's very simple when you actually sort of sit down and play it, but it's a, a, a tricky one to try and explain. Um, so yeah. John, you're going to, 
tell us a bit more about the game modes and sort of the rules and how it can change yeah so it's pretty hard to like you say to get a proper grasp of what's going on but if you can picture the board with tiles i mean i, I like the fact you could probably play this game with physical pieces really easily i mean because the pips only go up to six so that could be dice and you could move them around a grid so it really is something it feels quite tactile when you're playing it but we'll start off and by interestingly talking... the um the people who built it whose names i forget because i didn't write it down um they are building a physical version i'm not sure if it's just you know for shits and giggles or if they're actually going to try and release it as a board game as well um but i, I have seen little perspex tiles that they've made hmm that's cool I, I could picture playing that on one of our weekends in the cabin somewhere when we're getting drunk and playing games. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so quick whip around the game mode. So you talked about the, the traditional game mode or the, the sort of standard rules. And the traditional game has a randomized start. So it's not even symmetrical. So one player could have a couple of threes in the front row and the other player might have the threes at the back row, which means you end up with an asymmetric start. Uh, in traditional mode, the pips go up to a maximum of three. So you can either have the zero, one, two, three, or the king. Uh, and like you say, the zeros make the interesting shield mechanic. Uh, otherwise, the threes would just stomp around the board and swallow everything up, I guess, which would be uh, maybe not that much fun. Um, then there's the competitive mode, which I think is the one I like the most, just because it is a bit more, it felt a bit more serious. Or you had a fixed starting position for the pieces that was obviously the same on both sides. Um, and the pips on the tiles went up to six. So you had quite a lot of variation in what you want to use to take other pieces, what could be most effective, uh, the sort of the, the prize pieces to keep on the board. Then there were a couple of what I'd consider more wacky game modes. There was a treasure hunt game mode where the king piece was actually quote unquote invisible. And by that, it means it was one of the blank tiles was actually the king. And you only knew it was the king when you moved up next to it. And then it became highlighted like, hey, if you take this piece, you're going to win the game. And, and um, the annoying thing about that was you didn't even know of your own which one was the king. It was a total bullshit mode, that one. I, yeah. I did, did not care for that mode at all. Although I think it I won. It. So you you know, did, it was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> made it pretty hard to, um, to strategize and... In that mode also, the ones were replaced with blank tiles. So there are a lot more blank tiles than normal. Um, obviously, the masquerade where the king piece was. And blank tiles could, they call it like a suicide attack. It could attack anything. Um, and both pieces would get destroyed. So if there was a three going around the board and it was becoming a pain, your blank one could attack it and both would die. But at least you get rid of the three. But obviously, in this game mode, losing a blank was even worse than in other game modes because you're giving away information like oh, that wasn't the king <laughs> i'm not sure what would happen if you tried to because you don't even know which one the king is like you say no if you tried to yes. sacrifice it on a three and it was your king you'd probably lose i guess i think as soon as you put it <laughs> next to their tile it gets a little board around it because it's the king so it shows mm. that you're like in check essentially and then you'd be like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah a bit, yeah bit weird. that wasn't my favorite game mode no. um and then there was another one which they called Judo, uh, which ended up being the game that we played. I mean, had the longest turnaround time, I think, because we played it and it went on for a long time. Yeah. So in this mode, uh, the pieces can still move around a long way, but they can only attack tiles that are adjacent to them. 
they also had a, a feature called the mirror fights, where if I had a two and you had a two, I could attack your two and I would win because I initiated the mirror fight. And then on top of that, if I win a mirror fight, uh, I get an extra move so I can keep sort of stomping through your pieces. Um, yeah, that the annoying was... thing about that was that because of the rule of you could only attack adjacent, it meant typically you needed one move to get next to them. But if you did that, then they could attack you. And mm. if you'd done it in a mirror way, then they'd get another attack. So you invariably never went near anybody because <laughs> if you did, they could attack you on their turn. And they would, because why wouldn't they? Uh, and so that was like, the only re thing you would do is move like one of your, like put like a, a three pip one next to a one pip one, because you know that on the next turn you can take them because they can't fight you. So mm. I don't think we ever got a mirror kill because we never put mirrored things next to each other because why would we? That would be stupid. So it was a bit of a weird, a weird mixture of rules, that one. And the one thing I... I really didn't like about that game mode was the fact that once you've, because the pieces could move anywhere, essentially where there was a path to it, but only attack adjacent, you could basically, once you got a path to the opponent's king piece, you could just keep forcing them to move because obviously you have to move next to them to put them in check. And then they would have to move their king away. Otherwise you would take it with the next move. Um, mm. But then you could basically keep always moving next to their king generally. Um, and then wait for them to make a mistake and abuse it. <laughs> uh, so when you're on the defensive and that uh, it's not much fun because you don't have much choice over your moves. So um, yeah, we played a lot of yeah. the game and it was a lot of those moves we didn't really have much choice. So that was the least fun of the game modes, but I, uh, you know, th there's loads of them, so it's fine. Uh, and then the last game mode actually I really liked and that was called Numbers. And that's where each tile has, has the same number of pips, one to six, but they kind of act as a number of lives. So if I had a pip with six on it, I could attack your one with two, but mine would go down to a four and yours would be destroyed. On, on, the con you know, on the flip side, your two could attack my six and kind of suicide attack, and you'd still die, but I would go down to four. So if you really had to take a six down, even the smaller tiles might be useful. And it also had a, a defensive mechanic where, so typically in the game, adjacent tiles can either swap which I think is what it does in all the standard game modes. So if you can move them into each other and they just swap positions, or they can kind of join together if you use using special rules. And when you did swap them in this game mode, they would both level up. So you got a little bonus if you decided to play defensively and swap your tiles around and move them around a little bit. And then you might, you know, it's a bit like healing your tiles a bit, I guess, so you can use them in more attacks. Uh, I thought that was a really cool game mode. It felt genuinely different to the rest. Yeah, um, yeah. without throwing any strategy out the window. So it felt like a good thinking man's game still, but very different. So um, those are the five game modes that come with it, but you can also then customize your own game mode by toggling a whole bunch of options. Some of them are pick one of three, and then a lot of them are just turn them on and off. And apparently, according to their website, if you play with all these buttons, there's about 1.5 million combinations. <laughs> Which sounds like a lot, but you know that's that's the sort of massive number you get right when you have thirty options and you can turn each one yeah. on and off. <laughs> uh, but, but it's I mean, still it's, impressive yeah. that you can play this many different games, and I, I think that most of those would be genuinely playable games. There wouldn't be uh, what is this? Um, it's nice because, like I was saying about the judo one, I didn't like the fact that you had to be adjacent 
to do the mirror fighting thing, you mm. could just turn that off and go, okay, yeah. well, you can attack in a straight line if you want. Um, and that would change the mechanic of that game probably enough to make it much more enjoyable and you'd get the mirror kills more. So it's kind of interesting how you can take their sort of templated ones and tweak it ever so slightly or just build your own completely crazy yeah. mode if you wanted to. And so, just to give you a bit of an example of the things you could change, uh, there are some more simple things like the starting configuration could be fixed or random, uh, the maximum number of dots a tile can have, how you move around the board, like can you just move one step at a time, can you move in line of sight or anywhere that you can actually draw a path to, uh, attacking distance, can you attack adjacent or again in a straight line, uh, whether friendly tiles should swap together if you try to move, uh, swap places if you try to move them on top of each other or whether they should join together and become more powerful and then there's a whole bunch of on and off modifiers like can blank tiles attack these do these suicide attacks that you mentioned earlier um can a smaller jawn attack a bigger jawn and take pips off both uh, can you maybe only move one square at a time so there's, there's a whole bunch of these modifiers and um yeah i think uh we could have a lot of fun just tweaking them on and off and trying new game types and i'm sure probably end up finding four or five of our own that we really like you know maybe competitive yeah. numbers and a few others so i think it's really cool. lots of lots of flexibility though it's pretty cool now, mm. i was fascinated by the word jawn i was like what does, what does jawns mean what does it mean and we're sort of discussing it and i said to you oh i saw on instagram they've got these little tiles and you were like oh you could probably play it with dice and then you were like oh i'm sure they prototyped it that way and it got me thinking, <clears throat> and for some reason I thought it was made by Australian developers, so I apologise to them. <laughs> uh, but I was sort of thinking to myself, maybe, maybe it's like the Aboriginal word for dice or something. That was my, <laughs> you know, my thinking man's guess. Uh, but it turns out that no, they're they're based in Philadelphia, um, and jawn is a word in Philly which basically means anything. Like you can use it in place of any word. Essentially, uh, it's effectively what the word Smurf is to the Smurfs. So you just, just substitute whatever you want for John. And use um, it when you've forgotten a word, right? Like typically. Yeah. Oh, can you just pass so. me that John over there, please? Oh, thanks. <laughs> Which is also great because it sounds slightly like I, the word um, John if you say it in a Cornish accent. So that oh, also yeah. misses me. John is. John. I, um, whenever you say Philly, I'm, I don't know why, but I just want to go, Philly! I know nothing about Philadelphia, but I guess we some know TV shows. Will, Will Smith once starred in something <laughs> related to it. In Philly! <laughs> get, oh, get yeah. In Philly with it. <laughs> Big Philly style. Um, uh, right, anyway, um, I'm going to talk about multiplayer specifics. Uh, there's basically... Um, it's an online game that you can play 1v1. Um, so it's a turn-based game. Uh, so you, uh, it's, it's ridiculously easy to set up. It's, um, really good actually. Uh, so you, one of you will host the game and create it and say, these are the rules we're having, blah, blah, blah. And then you go create game and it'll give you a six character code. Um, and then you send that to the other person and they say, I want to join a the game. They put that six character code in and then the game starts. Um, and we had no problems with it at all. It always worked. It was always fast and seamless. Like as soon as the move happened, it would send it through. Um, so really, really solid online play. Now, obviously, there's hardly anyone playing it at the moment because it's only humble original people. Um, and it's going to be, you know, a, a small number of people playing online at any time. 
but being turn-based, it's not really a big strain on servers and that kind of stuff. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's super easy. I, I loved the fact it was just, here's six-digit code, go. Yeah, that was great. Really, really easy. Uh, I mean, that's all there is to say on a multiplayer level, really. I mean, it's exactly the same as the single player, uh, which yeah. John will now describe. <laughs> There's very little to describe, but it's good to note that you can play against the AI. So if you want to get a bit of practice in, uh, there is a basic AI. And, and maybe that's the reason why they haven't released it yet. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's a a, a pretty finished product. Um, yeah. So maybe they want to add more to the AI. Uh, I haven't actually played against the AI. I'm, I'm all, I, I, I get I did the gist play. of what it's like, but I, I can't comment on the quality of it. I played um, against the AI, and uh, I, I think it's good that they describe it as a way to practice. They say get mm-hmm. a bit of practice in um, on like the description for it because it it's not great AI. I mean, it's very difficult in a game like this to have AI. It's like playing chess. Um, it's either ridiculously easy to beat or it's impossibly difficult. And you can add <laughs> a bit of randomness, but then it's like, well, why did you miss that obvious? You know, it's it's from having coded these things myself it it is very difficult to get that balance right i think i hadn't even thought of that but imagine how hard i mean they can write an ai for each of the five core game modes but how do you account for 1.5 million different rules combinations in your (laughs) ai (laughs) it's it's a lot of ais get right in yeah Um, it's it's definitely more of a practice mode. i don't know i'd need to check I don't know if you can do all of the customization of all the different modes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just limited. I don't know. That would make I, sense. I can't uh, check but I'd, yeah, I don't know. But, in but. any case, um, the AI is very basic. It's really just for a practice mode. You want to be playing this with someone. Anyway, we'll, as we always do, discuss our likes and dislikes and then our eh sort of things. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to start off with my my first like, which is a, a big thing for me. Um, I've been a humble monthly subscriber for ooh, probably coming up to a year now. Uh, it's probably been 11 months. And every been a time, lot of free games for me. <laughs> certainly has. Every time you get one big game, like it was something like The Witness or Total War Warhammer, um, usually a game I already own and that I then give to John. Uh, <laughs> then you typically get a few other games, some of which will be really good. Uh, some of them will be a bit more, you know, like indie games or things that maybe didn't do as well as maybe they thought they would sort of like 12 to 15 pound games a year later so things like abzu was one that i had mm. recently which i gave to john uh, <laughs> uh, and then you've also got at the end um humble originals which are games usually um am i getting this right there's humble Humble Originals are the ones which are usually download only because they're not on Steam yet. Mm-hmm. They're usually, they usually, they feel like the sort of thing that someone's built at a hack day. And you sort of look like at it and go... Like a game jam or something. Exactly. They're game jam games. And that's what this is. And I thought to myself, it looks nice, but uh, Humble Originals are usually so terrible. I don't usually enjoy <laughs> playing them because it's just not my thing. I like getting the Steam keys and getting stuff on there. Um, the other one I'm thinking of is Humble Exclusives when it's a game that's launched on Steam, but you get it for free, like in early access or something. That's the other one. So generally, these Humble Originals are not great. Um, I've downloaded a few and thought, eh, you know, game jam kind of things, a cool mechanic someone's come up with. This is not that. This is an honest to goodness game that I would pay £10 for, £15 for straight off. 
it's mm-hmm. a ridiculously good level of polish and design everything from the way it looks uh, the interactions the animations the sound effects it is incredibly well polished um it's crazy to me that it's a humble original game and it's sort of been distributed in this way um it could easily be you know not even early access they could sell it as it is now so uh that's a very strong like from me so yeah my my first like is just um how quick and easy it is to get started playing the game uh i've I've got this down as something i was going to mention later but it's it's the sort of thing i could definitely imagine just picking my phone up and playing a quick round of before going to bed or something and especially if it ends up being an asynchronous game where you can play a turn at a time um have a few games on the go maybe just make a couple of moves but it's uh i don't know it's joy the joy one of the joys is it's just so quick to get through a game like we could just say hey let's have a five minute game before we play something else like rocket league and we could just have a quick game or two you know warm up the warm up socially for the evening and then play something else or or we could sit and play it for half an hour an hour i think quite easily uh trying out some different game modes and playing a a few rounds best of three or best of five or something so but yeah just the fact it's really quick and easy to get into perfect perfect little time filler I mean, we've mentioned this already, but the um, the competitive game mode and n- numbers game mode uh, were really good. Um, I-, I love the fact that there is so much customization, like 1.5 million different game modes. I mean, realistically, you might have five different game modes, which is what they come with. But I love the fact that that amount of customization is there. They basically looked at it, built the engine for it, and then went, let's have that rule. Let's have <laughs> that rule. Oh, that'd be cool. Let's add that. Let's add that. And before they knew it, they had 30 <laughs> different rules. It's like, mm. ah, let's, we can't pick which ones we like best. Let's just let people pick and choose. And here's some templates that we think are good. Um, and I really like that about it because I think, you know, people will play competitively with different modes, with different things. Um, I really liked the whole uh, method of having up to six pips on your tile mm. and uh, then having sort of the the health thing so if a a two attacks you you drop down to four health um i thought that was like a really really interesting twist on it and again could still be done physically with a dice that you literally just rotate round as it decreases in health or turn it back up again it's would be really simple to play this uh in the real world um no lots of customization i really like that yeah no i i completely agree i love the both numbers and competitive they're really good and traditional was fun, but didn't always feel fair. Um, so again, just to talk about how easy it is to get into this game, but I, I thought the mecha- mechanism for getting into a multiplayer game was just nice. It was just, here's a six-digit code, throw it over Skype, text message even, I guess, and uh, and you're playing. And I guess maybe they'll build in something. I mean, if they sell it on Steam, you'll probably better invite your Steam friend or something later. But for the, yeah, the current build, way. it's... It's great that you don't have to create an account or do anything crap like that. You just pick it up, run the XE, give the code to a friend, and off you go. Start playing. Uh, yeah, not much more to say than that. Just lovely and no, easy. Simple and always worked. It was rock solid. Yeah. We never noticed any problems with it. Not that I would expect to. I mean, as I say, it's a very small pool of people playing it. But even so, this does not feel like a game jam thing. It feels like mm. something that should have already been released. It's uh, crazy. Um, the final thing I wanted to mention that I really liked, uh, which kind of ties into the level of polish, um, is the level of character it has. 
in it as well. Um, so the reason that I actually downloaded it, um, and I mentioned this on, um, on my game website, um, when I got the humble monthly, cause generally what I do every month is I'll, uh, basically write a paragraph about each game in the humble monthly and say what I think of it just at first glance and whether or not I'm going to play it or not. And I think I ended this one by saying that I watched the trailer and, and laughed quite a lot. Like a tenacious D <laughs> skit. Um, and then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to install it. In fact, I'm playing it right now. And then that's just how my post ended because I literally just started <laughs> playing it. Um, and the, the trailer, a lot of people didn't like it because it shows no gameplay. It's just the two people chatting about what the game is and wondering if they can get away with it, promising free tacos with it. Despite <laughs> the it's a digital game. But I loved it. It really amused me. Um, so there's, there's character there, but then also little touches like the fact that uh, if we're playing a multiplayer game and then John quits, because obviously he, the game's finished and he goes away before playing another one, it just says, um, your friend is gone, but they still love you. Yeah. Amused <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, and then the other thing is that all, all of the interface is built around little tiles. So it's got all the little tiles laid out that spell out the words that it's trying to show you. So like settings will be little tiles with the letters on and you can pick them up and drag them around and one of the things i liked is that when john beat me <clears throat> it said red wins and then i could pick up the tiles and rearrange it so it said dr wines <laughs> for no reason at all but it just really tickled me that there was like that kind of thing isn't like when you're building like a game, I mean, I keep saying it's a game jam thing. It's not. I think it's something they've worked on for a long time, given the mm. amount of polish that they've applied to it. But it's not the sort of thing you think of to add. And the fact that it has that amount of character and detail and subtlety to it sort of, it feels like a a game that's been out for a long time and, you know, you, you've paid money for. It doesn't mm. feel like this small throwaway puzzle game, which it would be very easy to dismiss it as. It's... um had a lot of thought and attention put into it, which I which I like. Yeah, I, I wanted to just add one more like before we moved on, but I, I just wanted to say that the some of the game modes, the competitive and the numbers specifically, but I'm sure many others, they, they genuinely felt like the the remit they're going for, you know, kind of it's got some of the strategy of chess, but you can play it quickly like checkers. It's it's got that feel like you're playing it. And you're like, mm, this move really matters. I don't quite know why, but I can tell it does. <laughs> um, and it's really easy to make a, a massive mistake, as I did many times and left my king open because you know, I haven't quite got a grasp of the situation. But then you see a a little trail of moves, and you're like, oh, if I do this, then he he might do that, and then I could probably win. And you get these little little runs of moves and you get your strategy mind kicking in and that's really satisfying because you're like, oh yeah, it worked. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's good for that. Anyway, let's get to the dislikes. Hmm. So I mentioned this earlier, but I, I felt like a couple of the game modes didn't work so well. So Treasure Hunt specifically, I mean, yeah. it was just a bit, not just weird, but it was um, because there were maybe nine tiles on the board that were blank and you didn't know which one you were hunting for it's really hard to build a strategy around that um especially because they're all blank so you can only take them with other blanks which went like a suicide attack basically right so i mean yeah it was very you odd, just, just had to start one. trading pieces off until you got the information you wanted but you didn't know which one you had to protect so you didn't even know what you could trade off i think if i think if you could see your own king 
I mean, maybe then the board was symmetrical, so that would give away where theirs was. I'm not sure. But if it wasn't symmetrical and you could see your own, that might have been interesting because at least then you could make sure your king no. is protected and safe. No, but it, it yeah. was bullshit. <laughs> just, just, just call it out for what it was. That's a bullshit mode. But, I love this game, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the, the one I I didn't really get on with judo, but I, I wouldn't say so much that one was bullshit. That was just... Um, I think it was a little bit flawed because of the way you could kind of force the king into moving around and around. Um, unless they had enough tiles to swap it back in the middle of a group. But then you still basically got the advantage. So I think it felt a little bit like... Um, it, it did feel like judo and lots of dancing around and no one ever getting punched. <laughs> Cause, yeah. you know, um, but it it felt a bit frustrating that mode at times. I don't know. I don't know if I play that mode again. But the other three modes I liked and definitely would play again. So... And the other one point five million minus three, yeah, minus minus the two hundred and fifty thousand that have that those two room oh, sets yeah. of treasure hunt and judo. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> but yeah. Um, the only dislike I had is that the traditional game mode, like the stock mode that you play, didn't really feel fair for one simple reason, in that the uh, randomization of your tiles wasn't symmetrical. So if it turned out that I had both of my threes on the front row and John had his on the back it felt like I was more powerful now I'm not sure in practice because we sort of debated this while we were playing it because you said oh, I don't, it doesn't really feel fair uh, but it kind of changes it because if I attack then obviously I'm getting rid of one of your weak ones at the front but then I've left myself open for you to power through from the back so it kind of I, I'm not sure about that I guess it would be better if it was symmetrical but then I guess you can turn that on and off so I can't really knock mm. them for it, but I I can kind of see why it's done that way. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, the I think it'd be nice is... to have random but symmetrical because I think competitive is always fixed the same, and traditional is random on both sides. But it's yeah. pro- you could probably do this with the settings. But I would prefer traditional to be random but the same random for both. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only other thing I had was that once I mean, it's very much like chess in this regard. The common way of you know, ending chess, unless you're very good and very lucky and you've managed to checkmate someone in a complicated way, is usually you sort of end up with a couple pieces and you're basically chasing a king around to avoid stalemate. And you just need mm. to get them in a specific place so that your rook and your bishop can, like, you know, corner him in such a way that he fall into checkmate. But mm. to make sure that you don't do it in such a way that they're in stalemate where they can't physically go anywhere there isn't check uh, and it kind of felt like that with this that once you have the king uh, on the run uh, then you you know you can't really do anything because as the person with the king on the run you have to just move it and you can just keep moving to put them back like in check and make them move around and there is no stalemate as far as we found um, and so it's like you know you've lost but you want to keep <laughs> hoping there's a way to get out of it but there isn't. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> it should really just end at this point because you've got no chance unless one of you really screws up badly. Um, I mean, that's just a thing with, I mean, the fact that chess has that problem sort of mm. says that, well, you know, that's a problem these games have. There's not much you can do about it, but that was my only dislike. Anyway, what comments do you have? Yeah, so I just wanted to say with the judo specifically, it felt like 
I don't think this is an option, but it should be. And that's just to have a time limit on turns. Uh, maybe if you're playing asynchronously, it wouldn't matter. But when you're playing live, it might have been nice to say, okay, look, let's just say 20, 30 seconds per turn, just because sometimes you can kind of watch the tiles move around. You sort of, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on here. Let's spend five minutes and do a turn. Ugh. Uh, it's all right when you and I were playing, but online, I think I, if I was playing a random, I would probably want to just say 30 seconds a turn. I mean, that's very much like chess in competitive modes where you have 15 minutes and mm. the, it's 15 minutes each overall. And if your clock goes to zero, you lose automatically, mm. which I, I quite like that as a mechanic because you can just, you know, waste a lot of time at the beginning while you're thinking. And then later on, you realize you're running out of time. You have to be quick, which is kind of interesting. Um, but again, with all of the flexibility of this game, there's no reason they couldn't add that kind of time mechanism mm. and uh more hard limit on you know 20 seconds per turn or whatever but yeah i, I would agree on that a time limit would probably help um with, with some things um the only th comment that i really had was that there was nice soft jazz while you were playing i enjoyed the background music um there is only one track as far as i could tell that just repeats but it was it was very nice very pleasant hmm. yeah nice and my last comment is just uh I said it earlier, but surely this game has got to come to iPhone because the, the actual, we didn't mention this before, but the actual viewport is portrait like an iPhone. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, the board is vertical and yes, the window might be portrait, but the background is just solid. And then the actual play area is vertical about iPhone dimensions. <laughs> so while, um, we were, while we were playing it and we, I said to you, ah, oh, you, you, this would be so great on iPhone. And you said, well, <laughs> It's not a coincidence. It's shaped this way, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 such an obvious obvious. Mm. I mean, it, it would work a so well with the touch mechanism yeah. because you're just picking things up and dragging them round. Um, if actually, that's a dislike I have while I think of it. While I've just got that thought in my mind, I am a picker. When I'm playing, I will pick things up and move them around a bit and just sort of get the feel for it and then drop it back where it was. Um, and with this, because things move, I had one turn where I picked something up and I sort of was moving it around and then I dropped it back where I thought it was so I could move a different piece. Mm. And then it ended my turn because it actually swamped with another one. I was like, oh, shit, that wasn't what I wanted to do at all. <laughs> um, and so it would maybe be nice if you had to confirm your action some way so you could pick it up say go there and then press a button to say end turn rather than it being automatic i can kind of see why it isn't but in ios if they did it that way or android or whatever you'd probably need that because if you're picking something up and dragging it with your finger it'd be very easy if there's a bit of dirt on the screen to accidentally drop it and then be like oh shit i didn't want to do that <laughs> so you'd want to move it and then press like a tick button at the bottom probably to confirm your move but i mean with stuff like uh Game Center automatically has all of the turn-based stuff you'd want all done through Apple servers, which apart from, do you remember when Letterpress uh, came out? Um, hmm. Letterpress was a popular uh, word-based game that used Game Center, and it was so popular it broke Apple servers. <laughs> That's like, he literally got like tech support from the people that built Game Center and they were like, yeah, we're adding more servers now to cope with this. Because they never you. thought a game would be that popular because it went through them. But my point is that it would be trivial, in my opinion, uh, as an iOS developer to build this for iOS 
um, and it looks so iOS-like. It kind of looks like mm. threes. It's got that soft palette, the rounded edges, slight gradients, the sort of cheekiness about it as you move and the animations. Um, it, it's massively surprising to me that this is a humble original game and not on iOS making money right now because <laughs> this would get featured by Apple uh, pretty, pretty quickly. And I'm sure it think. will. I'm sure it's going to come in, in the fall. So uh, just yeah. quickly before we move on, um, the guys that made it are called Will Stalwood and Dane Sate of Cybercrime. A little nice. bit of sneaky Googling on my iPhone just to find that out because it feels yeah. like something we shouldn't miss out. And where are they based? Philly! Yeah, that's what I wanted. So, um, <laughs> so in conclusion, uh, we ask two questions every time on Connect to Host. Would we play it again and would we recommend it? Would you play it again, John? Would you recommend oh, it? Oh, definitely would recommend it. And I'm hoping I can buy it on my iPhone so I can play it on the go. But I'll definitely, I'm sure we're going to play it again. No doubt about it. It's uh, one of those little time fillers. I don't think we'll play it for like four hours straight on a Saturday, but when we've got 20 minutes or something and again on the phone we're perfect so yeah I, I would agree I, I think if it comes to ios i would have no hesitation in buying it and playing it with a number of people especially if like letterpress you could have multiple games at once so you're sort of playing mm. with randoms and friends and being able to you know have six seven games on the go at once and to swap between them um, I would definitely play it again in that scenario. If it's on PC and Mac, I probably wouldn't play it necessarily as much, but I'd probably have the odd game or two with you and maybe with some yeah. other people. Um, but I think it, it really feels like a mobile game. And I mean that in the best way. Like I, I have a pretty dim view of mobile gaming in general. Um, I mean, this is something for another time, perhaps. But like with the Switch, I really like the fact that you're playing full console games mm. on a handheld. Um, on iOS, I very rarely play anything that isn't more than a five-minute puzzle. Puzzle games are perfect for mobile phones because you just have little windows of time. Um, and that is exactly where this feels like it should be rather than being on PC where yeah. it's going to get overlooked for other, you know, other things. Um, you can say it, Ben. You want to play it on the shitter, don't you? That's what you want to do. <laughs> I, I want perfect, to. perfect duration for a post-curry toilet trip. Yep. I want to take your jaws while I'm doing a jaw. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll leave it. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. Um, you can find out more about us. and uh, Actually, I don't think you can. You can't find out anything about us on the website. I don't know why I said that. But you can listen to other episodes, most certainly, at connectingtohost.co.uk. Um, you can find us on Twitter at CTHcast. Um, come on there, chat to us, say you know what games you want us to try out for a co-op multiplayer review. Um, and if you've got time, we always appreciate an iTunes review. Uh, but until next time, have a happy John. Philly! Jesus.